Thanks for listening to the Swearing In Podcast, where you'll hear the origin stories of those who chose to serve. So ground your gear, take a seat, and listen up. The Swearing In Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Swearing In Podcast. I am your host, Marty Smith. Today, my guest is former Army PFC and host of the Gunner Main Radio Podcast, Nate Hasselu. Nate grew up in Fargo, North Dakota and attended Fargo South High School. In 2000, Nate swore into the Army with an MOS of 13 Bravo, field artillery. He attended one station unit training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. His first assignment was to the 2nd Battalion 3rd Field Artillery in Gießen, Germany. In May 2003, he deployed to Baghdad, Iraq. He returned to Germany in 2004, and he left the Army in 2007. Now this concludes your pre-brief, so let's get on with the interview. Nate, thanks for uh, thanks for joining. I'm recording now, so uh, that whole last five minutes is <laughs> is gone into the wind. But uh, you grew up in Fargo, North Dakota. Yep. Went to Fargo South High School and graduated in 2000. Right. Sure did. But you didn't go to your graduation because you were working at the wire plant. Was it the wire plant? Yeah, wire assembly plant. Wow. Um, and you were working there. Because you had already gotten married. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you had a baby on the way. Yeah. So, and they, they paid you pretty good in overtime, and they gave you a good salary and benefits. So that's yep. that's a smart move. That's actually a smart move. I was getting something like 20 an hour, and this is back in 2000. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, geez, that's, that's a lot for now, really, still, with all the yeah. goofy minimum wage shit. So uh, you were telling me about your mom's whole side of the family being in the military. Yep. All the way back to, seven, I think it's 1777. It might be 1778, but yeah, something like that. Wow. That's really cool. Um, is that so, what influenced you? Yeah, that's actually what influenced me. Um, I grew up hearing stories about how my great, great, great something grandfather was uh, on the Lewis and Clark expedition, you know, and he had served wow. in. Uh, the Charbonneau was his brother, my great something grandfather. His brother married uh, Sakakawea. Wow, jeez. So yeah, it's just a whole, yeah. That's insane, man. Is uh, is your name French? Uh, yeah, the grandpa's name is French. Yeah, they came out. They actually came over from France. Okay, all right. So they probably got all that trapper history and all that other <laughs> they, early they America stuff did. going on, right? <laughs> Yeah, Grandpa's dad actually passed away in 1950-something. But his dad, you know, was born in the 1800s, and he grew up trapping. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I mean, it's so unusual to hear that now with the family history, you know, with everybody out there. God knows where they're from. Um, 
So that's really that's really cool. That's really Americana right there. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, you know, the history. It was, I was proud, you know. Yeah, proud of my absolutely. History, so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Grandpa was in the army. He joined the army in 1942 or 43. He was actually in the army when the Air Corps was made, and he ended up being going from the army to oh, the Air Corps, and they wow. changed. Yeah. So he actually joined. He didn't get drafted. No, no, he joined. He joined at 17 with some questionable paperwork. Yeah, that's that's a. It seems to be more common than you think it is. Grandpa ran off. He was being worked to death on the farm, and yeah, that'll, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it too. That'll do it too. So, Grandpa came from a family of 15 kids. There was eight boys in total, God. and uh, by the time Korea ended, there was two. Oh, you're kidding me! Wow. Yeah, they all, they all went in. They all, all eight boys went in. No, no, seven boys. Uh, Uncle Eli, his brother, his youngest brother was blind. He couldn't go in. Oh, okay. But yes, so he was, Grandpa's the only one that made it. Golly. Jeez, what a hero. Okay, so how's, how's the thought in your head come up? The wire plant just breaking you down? <laughs> uh, no, I was, uh, I, I was 18 and I, uh, I was getting tired of working 16 hour days, you know, trying to make ends meet, paying for everything yeah right there was no it was a boring job i was oh. going stir crazy yeah and so i figured you know what it's time yeah well she told me you joined the service and i'm gone and i joined the service and oh, she was geez. gone <laughs> really she did i mean i would have thought that would have benefited her yeah yeah you know it was she's a pacifist and an anti this and anti that oh, really yeah so you walk into the recruiter or what? Yeah, I walked in. I, I actually walked into the Marines first. Uh -huh. And I'd gotten all the way through all the paperwork. And I got into MAPS and the uh, Marine, I don't remember his rank was, he was an officer in the Marines, goes, a lot of the recruiters have been telling troops about this, but they told you about the water training, right? And I was like, uh, and I walked out and I walked into the <laughs> Army office and I said, all my paperwork's done. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> wow. So it took him an extra three days to switch over my paperwork and I was good to go. That was just like that. Yep. What uh uh was there something about the water or you just didn't like it? I'm just, just like not it. a fan of the water. I, okay. I, 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 I'll go out in a boat and stuff, but yeah. I'm not a big swimmer. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't want your uh your feet and hands or your feet and ankles tied and go down to the bottom of the pool you don't need to be doing I, that. yeah i didn't know what any of that he he broke it out i was nope nope i'm good nope <laughs> okay well I'm glad glad you ran into him huh yeah where was meps at was it far was it in fargo oh yeah we actually had one of the only two map stations in north dakota at the time okay um so you take the asvab then yeah i don't remember what score i got that was 25 26 years ago well, sure. I don't. I, I don't care about your score, but did that yeah. did that influence what job you wanted? Did you have an idea well, of what you wanted to do? I knew what job I wanted to go into going in, but I was offered better jobs that would have been more office based. None of the issues I have now would have I ever had. But yeah, I, yeah, I walked in. I I knew I wanted artillery. It's just what I wanted. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, what was your contract? Uh, four years. You saw, I mean, was it delayed enlisted or did you go on right in? Nope. Right. I, I, uh, I swore in and 24 hours later I flew out. 
No way, really? Yeah, I told them I wanted the first thing smoking, so they put me on the first plane. They're like, we can give you 15, 20 days. Like, nope, get me out of here. Wow, that's badass. So pissed at me that the day I was born, she was so pissed off. I stayed in a hotel the night before I left. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) You swore in at the maps right there. Yep, right there. Was that what year was that now? What year were we talking about? 2000. It was all in 2000, huh? Jeez. Yep. All right. So where'd they send you to basic? Fort Sill, Oklahoma. I went to OSET in Oklahoma. I was the first class of OSET. Now, what is that? It's one-stop unit training. In other words, you do your basic, and instead of taking a break or going to a different unit or whatever else, uh, you you went straight into AIT without taking a break. I Same instructors, everything. I think somebody told me uh, they did that for the infantry. So they went to they went to Benning, and then their AIT was there. But yeah, I think they were saying that is it one station unit training? Is that what it stands for? One one stop unit training. Yeah. So now you're a thirteen Bravo. Yep. Thirteen Bang Bang Red Lake. <laughs> and uh, when I was in Sill, I trained on the the pop gun. You know that little toe behind the one hundred five. You know, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I got my orders, and it said Germany. It said where? All right, Germany. So uh, oh, nice. Off to Germany I go. No kidding. Where'd you go? And uh, I get there to Frankfurt, and they'd actually assigned me to a different unit. And they said they had too many people in the unit. Somebody, oh. I don't know what happened. So they sent me to a different one, which ended up being two three FA. And. Uh, God, that was a change of life, I tell you what. First, how did how did basic strike you? Were you kind of prepped for it or no? Well, I knew what to expect going in. Okay. I've been told horror stories from basic my entire life, whether it was Navy or Army or Air Force or Coast, all of my, yeah. So you're 18, right? You're 18 when you're getting there. Yep, I was 18. What did your uh, mom, your parents think about you joining up? Dad didn't carry the way. Um, yeah. okay. He missed Vietnam by going into college so you can become an x-ray tech oh okay uh because it was a needed job they couldn't draft him wow well mom was excited because you know as i said her entire family served even grandma was a nurse in the war during world war ii so damn that's awesome uh so you're off to where was 23fa at geese in germany geese it's uh-huh. about 45 minutes northeast of frankfurt exciting right i can go in a foreign country you know oh i loved it it was like the most exciting thing in the world it was yeah you got a cuckoo clock i've actually sent one home for my parents (laughs) very good because when i was well there was a reason for that when i was little i broke my dad's cuckoo clock that was his mom's oh (laughs) no way no way well look at that i came, came all the way back around and you uh you amended for your crime back then so i tried (laughs) <laughs> all right so you get assigned to a gun crew yeah were you in a, uh, a gun battery or did you get the yeah i was uh be an hhc battery. or service oh alpha oh, battery. Oh, no. oh god no i was alpha battery uh third third section yeah so <laughs> so you get there you're you're Number eight guy, or well, well, wait, wait, wait. That, see, I'm doing old artillery. I'm doing the 109A5s that I was on, right? 
Um, I don't know if the cruise changed to uh, when you went to the Paladin. Did it was either six or seven, depended on section. It all depended okay. on how many who got dumped in the unit. Yeah, but now you're not. I mean, uh, the Paladins lay themselves, right? Uh, yes and no. Oh, okay. It um, depends if it's working. Did were you still doing like uh, aiming circles and posts and all that? Oh stuff? yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I thought we well, were we were told, oh, this Paladin can just stop, <clears throat> orient, shoot, and keep moving. See, I was on a one on nine alpha six, and <laughs> if it was working, great. If not, you had to do it all. But we had a smoke that, for anybody that doesn't know, that's an E seven in artillery. Your platoon that, yeah, that uh, he was there in Desert Storm and stuff, and he was on the old eight inch. Oh shit! And uh, he drilled it into our heads. And the fact that he did, we actually yeah. won top battery in the entire uh, Europe, and we were okay. number three in the entire army. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um. There, there is a little. You know, it's uh, a little bit too over reliance on the tech that we get out of there yeah and uh yeah because i remember uh, that was the big billing of the paladin right and meanwhile we're still running wire we're still doing aim in circles we're still laying a safe in the battery in 15 minutes however long it took i can't remember oh we ran wire we uh oh we you did, did. Whole, uh, yeah oh yeah he had us run wires he had us uh you know do the digs so we could make the uh Wow. Uh, for ammo, the uh, oh, for the pits. Yeah. Or, you know, we dropped spade. We we had to drop spade. That's if we were gonna fire anything over a certain size, you know, you have to drop yeah. spade. Yeah. But uh I'm talking about for the old uh magazine, you know, to build a magazine. We had to do it all. He made sure we did it all. We knew it all. Wow. That's a because <laughs> he said you never know when you're gonna end up in a crappy situation and not be able to rely on other people. And yeah, he was right. And he's right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, weren't you didn't weren't they supposed to put a sinkars radio in every one of those guns yeah sinkars works about half the time at least yeah i think they changed that out for another one for oh uh, it it could be yeah again my my army knowledge stops in 98 so that (laughs) you know that's when i got out so all right so your life in germany what uh what do you what are you when you get to the gun are you like number five number six man they still do it that way yeah i was yeah i was i practically didn't have a collar when i got there <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah our, our drill sergeant did not believe in promoting in basic oh so yeah it was his thing. i didn't know it was up to him i thought it was up to uh like the points and all that stuff it was up to the drill sergeant really well our drill sergeant and our uh, first sergeant and our sergeant major had all served together and they were former ops and they did not believe in making soft soldiers and promoting a basic. So you couldn't come out as a, uh, an E3 or anything like that. No, they thought it made soft soldiers. Jesus, (laughs) But you know, I'm not going to, you're impacting pay (laughs) for sergeant, you know, you're impacting pay. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. we'll get to impacting pain and basic. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, old drill was uh, was this. Do you, you remember how they used to say you only they only had to offer you the opportunity to sleep for four hours and four hours a day? Uh, right, right. 
Well, my drill sergeant was a big fan of that. Ugh. We, you know, we'd finally lay down at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, 45 minutes in, he'd come in and whip on the lights and tell us to get our crap because we're going for a road march. God, what an ass. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, it's, uh, um, if it benefited you guys, then great. But uh, if, oh, he's just, if he's it just did. doing it to be a dick, then, yeah, that's no place for that. So one of those, that actually leads into this funny memory I have. One of those nights, you know, we went out in that road march. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it started hailing. <laughs> and Drew <laughs> had us all get on the side, you know, and pull out our wet weather yeah. gear and throw the backpack, or, or sorry, rucksack on our back, you know, to protect ourselves. And Kevlar's on, you're hit a ping off your head. Jeez. And about 15 minutes goes by, hail stops. And Drew goes, well, that was 15 minutes of sleep. Oh, man. <laughs> That's good. That's good, though. Oh. Clever. I like that. So what what are you doing? You uh, you're rotating to like graph or anything like that? Oh, Germany, yeah, we did graph and then we come back for, you know, 30, 60 if we were lucky 90 days. Right. And then we'd head back out to Honefeld. Oh, Honefeld. Oh, jeez. And every once in a while in the middle of there, they'd send us to Wild Flicken and we'd do crap out there cuz that was only 20 miles, 15 miles down the road from Giessen. So but wild flicking is an interesting place because you can't veer too far off of the paths because there's still so mines. Well, no, because there's still mines off of the roads and walkways. You're kidding. They haven't cleared no. those yet? Sheesh. Put- they send the engineers out there to, to practice taking care <laughs> of the mines. My God. They're not very yeah. good. So-, <laughs> no, so you deploy it then? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I was at uh, 23 FA. We were part of the, uh, we went over in 03. Our 20-year uh, anniversary is actually this month for our deployment. Oh, wow. Can't believe it's been 20 years. Where'd you guys go? But yeah. Um, um, we started off in Baghdad. And we kind of went from place to place after that. But oh yeah, yeah. we were, uh, Mishaf, yeah. And then we were part of the first battle of, uh, Fallujah. Oh, man. we are the artillery for the first battle of Fallujah. Wow. So, what are you thinking this during this whole time? Well, let's see here. Was it exciting? Was it nervous? Was it? Oh, I was. I was terrified because I couldn't speak the language. I was in love with the food. I was able to drink. Yeah. Duty was light as heck. There was like you know, you did your job during the day, nine to five. I was done, and I was. I had a place to live. Yeah. I was happy. Guys in the barracks were great to hang out with. Had a blast. We cool. played some of the dumbest games I could ever. Yeah, <laughs> like we used to do this thing where we put money, put money in the pot, and then you go to the poof house, which for anybody that doesn't know, that's legalized whorehouse, run by the, you know supervised by the government, and whoever could come out with the most amount of names signed on or around their Johnson would win the pot. <laughs> okay, I mean. We did stupid stuff. Right. There's nothing like uh, the boredom of troops to create stuff you'd never think of in your life. All right. So you're sitting over there in Germany. And when did you get notified that you're going to deploy? 
we had our orders for deployment two or three days before shock and awe. I'm sorry, so, say that before what? Before shock and awe. Remember oh, that huge oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 yeah. hours. Okay. Yeah, that that blanket thing happened. And a couple of days later, we re, we uh, had to start doing layout and everything prepped and doing drills and training and this, that, and the other. Went to Honesfeld and then went to Graf or Graf and then Honesfeld. I don't remember which is which. Yeah. Basically back to back. It was like five, 10 days in between. Like six months before you went? The uh, shock and awe was in December, January. Oh, okay. So about five months, yeah. Or so. Yeah. Yeah, right about five months, yep. And uh, the 10th, in fact, the 10th is when we railheaded. We put all our tracks oh, on the, right. yeah, the yeah. flatbeds on the train. Yeah. And then uh, five days later, we flew out. What were you thinking? Shit, I was scared to fucking death. Really? Hell yeah. I guess it would be. I mean, you guys, are, well, let me back up. Where were you for 9 11? You at Sill? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had actually just landed in Germany. Oh, you just got to Germany. Okay. I was just landed in Germany. My unit was in Kosovo. Oh. And I got yeah. to sit in the barracks and play fuck fuck games because there was nothing to do. Yeah. So you're really you up for PT. Yeah. Showed up for PT and you're done for the day. Jeez. So I'm sitting in my room and, uh, this guy that I met comes knocking on my door and he's like, Hey, uh, you got to see this movie. It's on AFN. It's the most insane movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I turned it on and I watched this plane flying through a building. And I'm like, what oh, the, f- what kind of movie is this? Yeah. Yeah. And a few minutes, moments later, the commander in chief is on T, you know, on TV giving a speech. Yeah. And the MPs all of a sudden are running down the door, running down the hallway, knocking on every door, saying, uh, formation five minutes. Yeah. We're drawing weapons, full battle oh, Damn. Because we didn't know what the hell was going on. So we go down, we draw, we got 210 rounds. Whoa, really? And we're on gate guard. Oh, they locked everything, right? And stuck you guys yep. out there. Great. 72 hours later, <laughs> I got to get off. God. I was off for 12 hours and I was back on another 72. 72 straight hours? Yep. That's insane. Well, there was it was everybody was in Kosovo. So Yeah, they, I they, got gotcha. you. And then but and then now your mind is is like, are they gonna try to attack here? Or you know, this is real, right? Yeah. So I mean it was crazy. We were, you know, checking IDs, checking vehicles, checking this, checking that. Yeah. I mean so they get back. And, you know, their bus gets back and yada, yada, yada. And they join us in garden. We start doing 12 on, 12 off. Okay. So, you know, they figured you got four four hours to get your equipment cleaned, everything put back together. Yeah. You know, and then you got eight hours off. And they had enough people at that point that if you weren't on guard, you had 12 hours in the motor pool or doing whatever else, commanding you your deal. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice. We were on guard three, four days a week. Not horrible. Well, anyhow, no, and it's not like you're sitting in a hole. I mean, you're you're active on that guard, doing all that. Well, yeah, what you got to do. So at least that breaks it up a little bit. So I'm about two and a half months in the gate guard, and I'm at the PX this day because the PX was not post. Oh, it wasn't. And, uh, no, it was uh, 
built three and a half, four miles up the road. Okay. Because, you know, when they built it, this wasn't yeah. an issue they ever thought they were going to have. Right. <laughs> so I'm on gate guard and this Beamer, brand new Beamer comes pulling up and doesn't slow down. You know, I'm locked and loaded. I'm I'm red. I, yeah. I flipped that switch. Oh, really? And everybody's screaming at him. And I'm running up next to the car and I point my, I, I literally point at this guy and I see the fucking bird on his collar. Oh, shit. And he slams, he notices me and he slams on the brake. Yeah, but he should have known better, right? And he goes to get out to yell at me. And the staff sergeant that's with me puts him on the ground, faced into the asphalt. Nice. MPs, we hear those sirens coming. And he goes, you know, you could have shot this fucker and got away with it. Yeah, yeah, you really could have. <laughs> Colonel the whole time is screaming bloody murder about how oh, he's a colonel and we're, he's going to have our career and we're going to be busted down to nothing and yada, yada, yada. And the staff sergeant with me is just laughing, saying, you know, this is a presidential order. You don't outrank him. Yeah, right. I'd had yeah. two star generals stop at the PX and let us, he got out of his vehicle, let us search his entire vehicle. This is a two star general. So I don't know where this bird thought he was coming from, but damn. it was damn. the funniest damn thing to happen in my entire career. That's awesome. Uh, I totally, totally justified for it. Right. Uh, they pat you on the back and say, yeah, do it again. If somebody else does it. Yeah. But actually I got cussed out for not pulling the trigger. Oh, <laughs> well, you probably yeah. don't want you probably don't want uh, your first kill to be a two star, I suppose, right? <laughs> so I got reprimanded, and they were going to do paperwork, and Sergeant Major told me not to because yeah, and it was it was a whole thing, it, yeah. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah, sounds like a blast. Sounds like a highlight. <laughs> it was uh, okay. So, so you're you're railhead and everything. You're going out there. You flew down there. You arrive in Baghdad. Uh, Actually, like you- first we landed. First, we had to switch planes. So okay. we took off in a commercial plane. Did you switch in Spain or Italy? We switched in Egypt. Oh God, really? Yeah. Well, at least that you got was- a little closer. You didn't have to go military transport from there from yeah, further away. We went, we went from Egypt to uh, Kuwait. Okay. And I've got a fun story from Kuwait. So <laughs> me and a couple of the guys are bored off our butts because the ships are a day out from showing up yeah. with all the equipment on it. Sure. And we find some sheet metal. So naturally, what do we do? Let's go sledding on the sand dunes. Oh, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> so we're burning ourselves. I was going to say pretty hot, but. <laughs> wearing our leather gloves, you know, burning our butt, trying to figure out what we can put underneath us. So yeah. we don't, you know, but it was just a blast. It was. It Did it work? Fun. Oh, it worked. We had a we had a great time. I got <laughs> pictures here somewhere. I'll try and find. I'll send you one if I can find one. Nice, nice. That's awesome. I got to back up though to just a few days before we deployed. So you know everybody's a little on edge and trying to have fun while they can. Yeah, right, right. So two major stories with my new with my roommate roommate at the time happened right about in this ballpark. Okay, and I'm not going to say his name because he has a good professional career now and i don't want this getting out to his co-workers but uh so one night he decided it was gonna be a good idea to go down to class six and get him two of those what are these like six dollars for a gallon of wine oh yeah (laughs) okay red wine it was like six bucks for a gallon 
Was it jug? Was it jug or box? Jug. Those big okay. glass jugs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he thought it was a good idea to drink both of them in a couple of hours. Oh yeah, yeah. So I come back from the club about four o'clock in the morning, and I crap you not, the ceiling is covered, the floor is covered, he's covered. It's on my bed. It's on the walls. I, puke everywhere. Red puke. Oh, dripping my God. on everything. Oh. <laughs> so do I worry about my roommate? No. I run down to CQ. And I'm like, dude, 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 so-and-so, you know, he's, he's got a grill in there. You got to go see it. They're going nuts. So they run down there and they open the door and one of them just vomits all over the floor. Oh, cause they, cause he saw it all. Yeah. Smelled it all. Oh, so what do these guys do? They think it's funny to go tell a couple of other guys to go look in the room. Cause he's got a girl in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had a whole vomit vomitorium there. So eventually it gets over to battalion CQ. Oh, it did. Jeez. The, the LT comes over and he's like, this is not okay. You should be worried about your roommate. You need to clean this up. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's going to cleaned up, but I ain't cleaning it. Right. Right. So I get my roommate in the shower and he's, you know, and he sleeps it off. Yeah. And in the morning yeah. he's in there cleaning up that vomit. That oh. was everywhere. God. You, how were you able to stay there? I didn't stay there. I crashed in a different room and he crashed in the day room. Oh, that's so smart. God, that's great. That's a good one. Uh, so a few days later, here he is drinking again. We're all drinking this time in the room. I mean, we've got <laughs> 10 cases of Vosteiner, a couple cases of Leather. Yeah. And I know there was a bottle of rum in there somewhere. Oh, guys. But we're drinking. Those. Yeah. And we order food from the little restaurant called El Gardino's that used to be on post. And uh, my roommate runs out in the hallway and nothing but his boxers attacks the delivery guy and runs off with the food. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, of course, we went out and paid this guy. He didn't, like, attack him, attack him. He just, like, jumped on him, ripped yeah. the delivery bag away from him and ran into the room with it. Jesus. So, <laughs> We go out there, we pay him, you know, we give him a nice tip so he doesn't call the MPs. Yeah, sure. So I'll drop off the bag in the morning. He's not worried about it. And uh, <laughs> he starts eating and he gets through part of his food and some of it, you know, he's going around stealing everybody's food. He goes into the bathroom and passes out the crapper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so in my photo album, I've got a roommate of my roommate. I've got a picture of my roommate passed out in the crapper from that night. Holy cow, <laughs> man. This guy is a shooting star when he gets lit up the funniest thing is is this guy had never had a drop of alcohol before he got oh, to my unit yeah. so yeah. his first day at the unit i took him to this place called new yorker no idea if it's still there and it was run by a retired uh artilleryman okay and he had created this thing called the newbie shot so it had uh everclear stroll 80 um, like every kind of liquor you can think of that was the strongest in that category. <sighs> and he put it all in there and then he covered it up with uh Dr. Pepper and something else. So it didn't seem quite as bad. Yeah. And the new guys would sit down, you put three newbie shots in front of them, which weren't shots, they were in like a tumbler. Oh god. And you tell them that they finished all three within 15 minutes. Oh god. Well, <laughs> everyone finishes it i finished it in 15 minutes yeah problem is you don't feel bad until you stand up right then that 
bat hits you in the back <laughs> of the head, right? <laughs> yeah, so this oh poor kid God. that had never had a drop in his life, I got him so plastered that night. Oh my God, that's almost that's that's almost too cruel, but it's still funny. Traditions, isn't that what the army's all about? Tradition. It is, and they should know that. F and G's, they should know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the desert. Tell me about Iraq. So I got to preface this with a little something. My knee went out while well, I was in Germany, and it got gotten to the point. I never stopped working, and it got gotten to the point they wanted to med board me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What happened? Uh, I'm sorry. I gotta, this is a story I got to cover before I talk about Iraq. To give. Oh, okay, okay. So they wanted to med board me because my leg was screwed up. From what? And I work. Oh, just <laughs> like, really? Yeah, I got to the point that I couldn't march right, I, but I didn't stop. I tried. I, I did everything yeah. I could. I, I worked as hard as I could, and they wanted to medboard me. Well, I refused, and my command backed me. Okay. Because right? they needed everybody they could. Cause, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So with that in mind, now I can get to Iraq. What was it specifically that hurt on your leg? I basically wore all the cartilage of my knee. Yeah, that'll do it. And pinched pinch nerve in there. Oh, no. And, I never let it stop me. Yeah. Yeah. I just never ever let it slow me down. I, I worked. Yeah. Just slamming ibuprofen. No, yeah, that and a little bit of scotch go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. At least he's a pain. So, All right. So you get past that. Uh, yeah. I, I'm surprised they kept you on deployable status. But like you said, well, they needed everybody, right? Yeah, they did. Um, they actually put down a stop loss. I think that day or the day after. So maybe yeah. I don't know if that that's I don't know. Yeah, probably. So my command got me to go with and I was I was fucking stoked because I wanted to be with the guys. Yeah, sure. Um, so we got to Kuwait, we got to uh I don't know what port it was. It was some port you could see the ocean or yeah. And all the oil sludge up against the shore right. and right. yeah. Nice. So anyhow, um we go from there. We're there for five days i think okay because the ship showed up and the guy started i was pissed off because i was driver of a cat and they didn't let me drive my cat oh no <laughs> they had me pull security in a humvee wow. so we start the convoy up to camp Adari. we get there everything's peaceful you know it's still on the south side of the burn yeah right right and uh we were in Ludara, I think, five days, running drills, running, you know, okay. yeah, everything they could think of. Uh, that, that's where I saw, I want to say it was X-Men the Phoenix or... Oh, yeah. I don't know, they stacked a bunch of, it was the night before we took off, they stacked a bunch of Connexes and threw a sheet over it. and uh, Or not a sheet, a tent. Yeah. You know, one of the old uh, tan tents. Yeah, yeah. And we... They projected it on there. And I remember that being our last night there. Yeah. The next morning, we had a general, three or four star general standing in front of us telling us we didn't have permission to die. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. I don't know All if right. it was supposed to be inspiring or what it was. I don't fucking know. I just... It's an odd speech. <laughs> yep. So we roll out, and I'm in the back of a five ton. And, uh, are you like part of, part of a task force now, or are you still just all with two three FA? 
It's two, three FA. Okay. We didn't get assigned to a task force until like a week or two into Baghdad. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a gaggle fuck. It was bad. Sure. Sure. Um, so we're rolling there and we're not on, we're not in Iraq for more than 30 minutes before we start seeing craters. Craters? Yeah. Craters, bombs or artillery rounds that hit and there were craters all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still rolling along. And then we see an Iraqi tank. Oh, jeez. Yeah. With this blob on the outside of it. And it stinks the high heaven. Oh. That's where I learned. That's when I learned what saber rounds do. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. Dead body. Yeah. Well, it's not the whole body, <laughs> just all the soft tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It gets the sable has a good way to get that out of the metal. That's for sure. Yeah. So, what? In case somebody doesn't know, um, when a saber round goes through an armored tank, what it does is it creates a vacuum so such a great vacuum that anything that's soft material goes out the exit exit hole. Do you ever see the old goat film that they used to show on that? Oh God! Did you ever see that? Oh, thing? that I was- heard about it. Yeah, that was insane. That was crazy. Oh. You know, they strap the goat in there. They put the the hatch up. They shoot it. They put the hatch down. It's nothing but red. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, we saw a lot more of that along the way. It was, yeah, uh, right. right. And this, yeah. Is just, this is just a ride in, right? Yep. Yeah, that was the ride in. So when we first got to Baghdad, it was fairly uneventful when we first got there. Uh, we stopped at the cross sabers. All of us wanted a chance to piss on the cross sabers. Oh yeah, right, right. So uh, the first place we stopped was the Fedeni National Headquarters. Okay, and that was something else. Did you bunk there, or did you? Yeah, did we you stayed continue? there for we stayed there for three, four weeks. Wow. It was mm. uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a mess. Let's put it that way. It was a mess. It was, yep. So our second <laughs> night, no, our first night in the headquarters that we're actually sleeping, um, four o'clock in the morning, maybe three. Yeah. There's this huge explosion, but it sounded like a huge, huge explosion because it was yeah. really, really close to the door. And we all jump up. We're in our boxers. You know, yeah. some of us got our shirt on. All grab our weapons. We're locked and loaded. We run out the door, and there's a sergeant out there rolling on the grass, laughing his ass off. <laughs> he made a super large MRE bomb. And oh off. no! Did he really? God. <laughs> he does not. I don't think he had any idea how close he was to getting shot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> he uh, he burned poop for two weeks. Ah, well, there you go. That'll do it. And now he's got cancer. (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh, we all, we all, everybody. It didn't matter. If you were enlisted, you had a poop burning duty. You had a rotation in there. Right, right. Guys would pay each other to burn poop for him. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'll I'll take your convoy and give you 50 bucks if you take my shift. Yep, sure. (laughs) Yeah, Ah, right. Uh, It's weird that. Nah, I don't know why we made that decision to do that. But anyway, 
because they did uh, it in Vietnam and it worked. Yeah, but I mean, my God, you're in a city. You're in you're in you're forty years away from Vietnam, right? Well, because they still crap in the streets. Yeah, yeah, it's a they still mess. dump chamber pots into the street. The crap on the street. There's literally trash piles of rotting everything everywhere. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's not our kind of city. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like if you took ancient Paris and stuck it in the desert. Yeah, and never cleaned it. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you seen parts of Paris? The, the the tourist parts are very clean, but the rest of it's not. Oh yeah, I mean we got a we got hung up coming out of the desert in Italy in Venice, and they gave us like eight hours to go fuck around in Venice, and Venice is a shithole. Yes, it is. God. There's still people in Venice that dump chamber pots out their windows. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, you go to the, uh, what is it, St. Mark's or St. Paul's Cathedral, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's all beautiful. You know, taking wedding pictures and shit out there. But you walk along the canals and you're like, this is filthy, man. Yep. And scary. Because <laughs> the yeah. tall buildings is like, I, I have no escape route whatsoever. And they're sinking happens. like crazy. Yeah, and there's yeah. water everywhere. There's nowhere to go, and it's nasty water too. So, God, it's brown, it stinks, and yeah. in the summer, it really stinks. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, so how long did you stay there? You stayed there for four or five weeks. Both. You said. Uh, I know it didn't didn't quite make five weeks. Might have been three or four. Okay. So I got a great story about this place. So, the first real coin, you know, the first coin I felt like I really was that proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know if I earned it, but I was proud of it. Okay. So we went and we were looking at this bombed out headquarters of the Fedadine. Yeah. We were staying in their barracks and their interrogation rooms. Um, but uh, the headquarters was like bombed out, bombed out. And some of us got bored one day because we weren't on, we weren't doing anything. We weren't on guard. So we we're just walking around. I'm like, let's go, go explore. So me and uh, some guys. <laughs> And uh, Chris Quentin, who passed away recently, oh, uh, that. was with us. And Quentin was like, oh, man, look, it's it's a portrait of Saddam. Oh, guard. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he drops trout and starts dropping a deuce right on Saddam's face. So Where he's was about this portrait at? On the ground? on the ground, like a blast behind the building. Oh, jeez. On top of a pile of bricks. Yeah. So... He's about, he's just starting his second log. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't call, call attention. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Dude, there's an officer coming. I was like, well, <laughs> fuck. You can't pull a trowel. <laughs> right. And this full bird walks in, and I have no idea who he is. He's not with us. Yeah. He's got a patch I don't recognize on his shoulder. Uh-oh. And he goes, as you were. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, what? You see this dude dropping it as you were. And really? Just keeps going back to what he's doing. He goes, right. when you're done, come see me. All right. That was like, a- all right. It's done. We're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. We just literally shit on it like a national. <laughs> this belongs to the country. It's like important. <laughs> So, you know, we see him on the other side of the building where the grass is. Yeah. And he goes, it's about goddamn fucking time. No way. Coins Quentin and coins the two of us that were pulling guard for him. 
Oh man, like, oh, that shit. is awesome. Wow. And that's one of, the, one of the proudest moments of my life. Where'd you go to once you rolled out of uh, the Fetidines? Uh, about seven, eight miles down the road to the police national headquarters. Oh, jeez, really? Yeah. And we spent months and months and months and months there. It was, seemed like it was endless. Was this all in Baghdad? Yeah, we went from living right on the river to seeing the bridges that went over the river. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, what were your duties then? I mean, did you go and do crew drill or? No, we were told to park our guns and uh, we're infantry. Oh, man. So they had no idea what to do with you. Nope. This is back before they started putting units together to work with other units. So that yeah. There was like an armored unit with every infantry unit that was with every this unit with that unit. So they, it was balanced and they could all work together. Right, right. No, we had to do everything. Jeez. We were responsible for all the duties in and get this. I shit you not, Area 51. Area 51, that's what they called it? Yes, because they had it all broken up into different areas. They had Baghdad uh, broken up into like 75 or 80 areas, and I lived in Area 51. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hope they had a sign you took a picture of that. <laughs> they didn't have a sign. No. But I, I tell people all the time, is. As an icebreaker, I'm like, I lived in Area 51. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, there was Area 51, Area 51 Whiskey, and Area 51 uh, Echo. So, oh, geez. There's wow. actually a uh, uh, filmographer, or what do they call those guys that make movies? Like filmographer? A, uh, I guess, like a documentary. He made a documentary. Yeah. Yeah, he came out and I spent a few months with my unit. Made a movie called uh, Gunner Palace. Oh, yeah? Because we had taken over one of Saddam's palaces there. and Yeah. And uh, he made Gunner's Palace. That was... God, that sounds familiar. That sounds like I've and seen that. Then you probably have. It was a big deal for anybody that was enlisted. Uh, a few years later, he did this, uh, another little... It was about half the length called Huggle for the Flag. And he caught up with some of the guys and covered that. And um, a few weeks ago, or about a month ago, he released a 10-minute piece that just said Iraq 20 years later. And he oh. caught up with some of the guys again. Did and you get in the uh, documentary? No. Uh, not that you can see. Oh, Okay. But you can watch and go, oh, I remember doing that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but the difference was everybody was focusing on the combat at the time, and he focused on our lives. Yeah. Yeah. What we did from day to day. Right. So. Maddening. <laughs> yeah. And then he he actually left for a while, and we lost one of the guys downrange, uh, Stuart Moore and Lieutenant Saltz. Um, he came back to shoot more footage. Oh, wow. Wow. So. Um, five months. So, are are you just sitting there going, you know, what's the point of all of this? All of this, or? Well, no, because we were on patrol. We were kicking in doors. We were doing raids. We oh, that's were, right. Uh, they made you infantry. Yeah, they had us doing everything. We were doing. Uh, well, that's pretty uh, humanitarian. 
we were doing humanitarian work. We were doing uh, security guard at the at the water plant and the gas station. We were uh, training. We actually trained the police force for Baghdad. We uh, we were escorting dignitaries and the new elected officials, yeah. or those that were trying to run for office. I can say um, we were doing uh, trying to broker peace deals between different tribes. God dang. We were doing everything. And 23FA actually wrote the SOP that was used in Iraq until 2006 or 2007. Really? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that, what that means is you guys did a lot of missions. Oh, yeah. So just about every time we rolled out the gate, we, uh, we had to sign a, a non-disclosure. What amazed you about that time, about that that country, about that city, the most? Um, there's different aspects that I found amazing. One was how much some of the people really liked us. Oh, you never like there was hear a that. guy. There was a guy that lived at our back gate. He, his house was literally at our back gate. Yeah, and this man would bring us food that his wife cooked. Oh. He would uh, thank us every time he saw us. He would run to town and get get stuff for us. Yeah. Um, he introduced us to safe food vendors because the supply chain was not the most reliable thing in the world. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, we found there's this dish. And I don't know what it's called. One of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. It was this rotisserie, uh, open fire rotisserie chicken with a flatbread and this, like, tannish sauce. And it came with the... Uh, pickles and cucumbers and something else. And um, it was some of the most amazing food I've ever eaten. Wow. Haven't been able to find it since. Nobody knows, nobody knows the name of the darn thing. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy to showed us the vendors that are safe and the ones that we can trust. Meaning um, that their food was, or their food was safe to eat or meaning that they were subversives. Both. Really? Wow. Yeah. They were they were willing to work with us and make sure that we were safe. And they actually would give us intel because we were buying their food. They would pass on information to us oh, free of charge. Wow. So it, it was an amazing thing. How do you get in that mindset or how do you operate in that mindset for that long? It's like Wild West, right? I mean, you don't know. So you we got you there. look at everybody and like, I don't know who to trust. Well, not only that. Um, I've actually got a story that I'll bring up here in a minute, but when we got there, we only had armor plates in the front of our vests. We didn't have up our, armor vehicles. Right, right. We, they took away our gas masks. They took away our bayonets. They took away anything that might quote unquote scare the locals. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was, we were sorely sorely under equipped uh like they make an extra large plate but the largest ones we had were mediums Jeez. well that's <laughs> there were guys with us that were really you know six foot two yeah wearing medium plates it's, it's almost like what's the point right well it was something and something better yeah, it was enough, something. I guess. yeah i guess so right right <laughs> so bring up the plate thing um a good friend of mine, his name is Tony Eads. He took a round one night, went just above his plate, 
and uh, he's lucky he can walk. He was there was one point they thought he'd never walk again. So, oh really? Yeah. Um, that same night, another guy had his Johnson shot off. Oh jeez. Really? Uh, another guy had a round skip up the back of his Kevlar. That night was one of the worst nights of our entire deployment. It was. Um, so it was supposed to be a standard grade. And, uh, you know, the sawhorses went up and everything. And at one point, a firefight had started. And, uh, you know, that goes, it's chaos. And a car drove through the sawhorse and was speeding down the road. And it got lit up. And there was a family inside. Oh, no. Yes. And if you have, if you listen to the podcast, um, uh, Belen was actually the one that carried her. Oh, gee. I think I did hear that. I think yeah. I did hear that story. Yeah, he told that and on that, the the last one, right? Yeah, two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was uh, that night. Uh, that night changed all of us. Oh wow! Wow. So anyhow, before I get too dark, because that, that night was really, really bad. Sure. I could get into some real darkness with that one. <laughs> um, when was that? Do you remember, like, month and year? Was it still 2003? It was still 2003. I remember that. It was late spring, early summer. Okay. Right. And I, I, I know we were in the police headquarters. Oh, all right. That whole, all right. Like, the whole time is just a... Yeah. Everything over there is such a blur. It's sure it bleeds in. Yeah, it bleeds all together, especially know, after twenty uh, years too. Oh God, I know some of the guys still remember, but they've lost some of the other things that they've had over the years. Yeah. So anyhow, um, do you know what a dirty Sanchez is? Sure. Okay, for those that don't know, it's when you go from the A to the V, <laughs> you know, cause an infection, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So General S- Sanchez was leaving, and General Shinseki was taking over. Okay. And there was a huge problem with being attacked from the ditches and curbs and those weird spots that get built when they built our ramps, you know, to highways and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what to call those things, but ditches or I, I don't know. Yeah. And we were getting attacked from these things all the time because of the long grass and the trees and whatever else that was there. So General Sinseki thought it'd be funny. He Well, it was a really good idea what he came up with. We went and we burned all these things. Sprayed with JP-8 and then we used excess powder bags to start to fire and burn them. Smart. Well, he named it Operation Dirty Sanchez <laughs> after General Sanchez that was leaving. <laughs> well, at least the generals have a sense of humor about it, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that 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 was fun. That's pretty good. Yeah. So was was a lot of the action just like single guys or teams of two just kind of sniping at you? I mean, except for that one night, it sounded like that was a deliberate attack, but um it was kind of a mixed bag of this, that, and the other. But it all made for every time you stepped outside the wire, it was like, ugh. You know, we never knew. You never we, know. We never right. knew. Right, right. Uh IDs were always an option. Um we'd heard these horrible stories of all these kids that were being used. Uh, of course, yeah. there's the piano wire. I don't know if you guys ever heard about piano wire that they were using. Were they stringing it across the road? Yeah, and the TCs were getting heads taken off. God damn. <laughs> Jeez. 
Uh, I mean, it's Vietnam all over again, right? Yeah. When we first rolled into Baghdad, we were given an order that if anybody threw anything at all at the vehicle, you had to shoot them. Wow. Wow. You don't stop for nobody in the road. No questions asked. Yeah. So it's like Vietnam, Somalia, all that rolled up into one. Yeah. It's like they learned all the dirty tricks from every other war and tried to use them all at once. Yeah. Yeah. We had gotten lucky. I think we were there for six months before anything like that happened. Yeah. To to Alpha Battery. Bravo and Charlie had experienced it, but we hadn't. Okay. Um, we'd been really, really lucky. So how long so, yeah. was your how long was your whole deployment? I was just shy just shy of a year. The rest of the guys came back later. My they lifted the stop loss and they, they gave me paperwork to they sent me to Fort Sill. And I was in Fort Sill for a grand total of like three weeks yeah. before they realized this guy can't work. By this time, I'm basically dragging my leg. It's it's dead. So didn't they? Uh, they didn't try to do uh, any rehab on it or anything like that. They didn't give a chance. Give you a chance to do that. Moving it hurts so bad. Touching it. Yeah. I mean, I swear, if the breeze blew just the right way. I was damn near in tears. Yeah. So, um, they'd sent me from Fort Sill to the hospital there. The hospital there said, well, we, you know, we're not equipped at this time to take care of the med board and do all the evaluations on you and everything else. They're requiring you from coming back, you know, before you can get out. Yeah. And they sent me from there down to Fort Sam Houston. Yeah. Yeah. And my four-year contract turned into a seven-year contract. How so? Because I was on a wait list for my med board. Oh, my God. You're kidding. Jeez. There was that many people coming back that, you know, from Iraq and Sam Houston was one of the big medical centers. Yeah. They were so busy taking care of soldiers that were wounded and med boarding and everything else that were so much worse than me. I ended up working at uh, intake at the med hold. I worked at the hotel where family members stayed. Oh, worked yeah. in the post office for a little bit. Uh, yeah, they just kind of put me wherever they needed me at the time. Did they ever talk to you about doing any kind of surgeries or anything? Um, they've done three surgeries on it since then. Well, and but I mean, while you were still in there, they weren't going to, that wasn't an option? No. No. They said, well, you're broken. You chose to deploy, so we're going to put you out. Great. You try to fix me first. I've had, yeah, well, they said, you know, it's more important to fix the guys that can still do their job and send them back than to worry about your leg is basically what they were saying. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I've had three surgeries on it since then, and now the VA says the only thing they can do is replace the thing, and I'm like, well, I don't trust you. Well, yeah, yeah. So I found medication that works really well. What are they talking about? Replacing your knee? Yeah. They want to go in and about six inches above and six inches below and everything in between. They want to take it all out and replace it with titanium. Well, I had my knee replaced for what it's worth. I had my knee replaced, but they went out to civilian doc to do it. Now, I don't know yeah. if this is unique out here. Uh, no, they have that here. It's just the VA is not sending it out, out here because they failed to pay the local hospitals for some of the surgeries on time. And now the hospitals aren't wanting to take them for 
Yeah. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, do you have a VSO out there or do you have anybody that can work with you on it? Oh, yeah. I have a great VSO. It's yeah. just right now I, I'm dealing with it and I've, I've learned to compensate, I guess. So yeah. for me, it's not yeah. a hurry. Well, as, so, as long as something's moving, right? Yeah. I mean, it impairs my life in some ways, but I get, I get around. Yeah. Right. Uh, two summers ago, I did 35 miles dragging my leg with me. So well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a testament to you being a tough bastard, I suppose. <laughs> that's what everybody says. I just figure I've compensated. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you got two choices, right? You exactly. Lay down and die or you get up and go, I suppose, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but it is what it is. They uh, 100%, um, they 100% you? Yep, they sure did. They it, took, it, took, by it took you three more years to do that? God bless. I got out in 2007. August of 2007, and I went and went in in February of 2000. Wow. Stupid story. So I was climbing back into the back of a five-ton one day. We were on the way to do something. I don't remember what the... Oh, we were getting ready to move from the Fedorine headquarters to the police headquarters. Okay. And I was running up on the back of the five-ton, and all of a sudden, my back was burning. Oh, like... Wow searing ungodly pain and i couldn't figure out what the hell this was and somebody goes dude you're bleeding what a lot oh i'm like what the fuck i got no idea what's going on yeah so you don't have any pain with it or anything it just oh it was ungodly pain it was it was burning it was pain it was it was mind searing i couldn't figure out what was going on what was up or down or left or right or anything yeah and uh we hadn't heard anything there was no shots there was no anything nearby right. we couldn't figure out what the hell was going on so i get to the aid station doc goes yep it's shrapnel what just a random piece flying Apparently, out of nowhere five or six pieces fell out of the sky and decided i was a good spot oh my god you're the only one who got yeah. hit by it yep oh jeez. <laughs> okay well i guess better that than a uh, sniper's bullet i suppose right yeah. Well, I ended up leaving the aid station about four hours after I got there. And not 30 minutes after I left, it got blown up. Oh, wow. <laughs> that pretty much was the entire deployment for all of us was insane crap like that happening. Just near misses all the time, right? Yeah. You I think that's why we thought we were untouchable. Did you ever shoot an artillery round? I mean, while you were out there yeah just what like a practice round or something did a couple in the desert and then uh the first battle of fallujah started and a couple days later i was sent home oh okay all right so the rest of the battery the rest of the battalion uh went through that whole battle of fallujah yep oh man so well, I don't know if that's a good thing that you left or or not. I mean, you know. Well, I would have survived, not with my leg. You don't think I was, so? Huh? No, I was to the point that if they could have been giving me oxys out there, I would have been popping them like candy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I was I was bad. I was. So my right leg is about half the, maybe a little less than half the size of my left leg. 
and, and all, uh, all around that knee joint, huh? Yep. And the yep. nerve, nerve is still bothering you? Oh, the nerve is, it's so screwed up. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, yeah. And then I've got balance issues from some other crap that happened. So we were in a uh, building. I was pulling guard, uh, tower guard, which is really just roof guard in uh, police headquarters. But there was a separate building from the one that we bunked in because this one had been burned out pretty bad. And uh, I was on my way up. There was no railing. And it was five, five flights to the top. And uh, it was dark. You had to walk up with your MVGs. Okay. And oh, I missed a step, oh. and I was four flights down. Uh, what? You fell through the staircase, or? Uh, it was the spiral circuit staircase. Oh. It was spiral. Oh, my God. Down the side, and yeah. Oh, Jesus. Holy so, yeah, cow, I got balance man. issues to top it all off. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Oh, my God. Uh, and I'm not the only one that made that fall, either. Wow. Wow. Jeez. I don't know how we got today. I'm lucky. I, I... And people ask me if I'd go again today. And if I went with the same group of idiots, I'd go in a heartbeat. Yeah, right. That's always it, right? That's always the key. Uh, we are actually... Alpha Battery is one of the only units that to this day has not had a suicide. Wow, that's big. That's big. How many how many guys you still maintain contact with? All of them. Oh, no kidding. If they're alive, I talk to them at least once a year. Do you have uh, like a Facebook group or, or anything? We do, like but that? we we all just get together with each other on Messenger, and we do like large uh, Messenger yeah. videos. And uh, Moore's mom, we all do video chats with her a couple times a year. Um, oh, nice, nice. One of my brothers, uh, Duha Tran, went on his second deployment. He uh, he fell. Um, yes. But his what's that? He fell. Uh, we lost him. He died. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, his wife is actually just as in touch with us as anybody else. Uh, she ended up joining the Air Force in his honor. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, it was a. Yeah, I mean, I served with some of the most amazing guys you could ever ask for. Well, how do we close this out, man? You got uh, you got some words of hope. You got some words of pride. Well, pride isn't my thing, but uh, <laughs> I will say this: uh, it's something that I try and touch on in my podcast every every episode. Um, you're struggling, reach out to somebody. I don't yeah. care who it is. Yeah, because we're losing too many guys. You thing what is, I mean? what I've found is these guys would rather call somebody that they served with than call an organization. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That makes a lot a lot of sense. The, yeah. the reason I got going with my involvement in the 22 is uh, I got one of those phone calls one night. Oh, and he, sure. shot, he shot himself while I was on the phone with him. Oh, my God. And uh, that really pushed me to be involved and... But yeah, um, reach out. I don't care if it's PTSD or if you're having a hard time with your wife or if it's MST or or anything. I don't care if you've stubbed your damn toe and it ruins your fucking day. Reach out to somebody. <laughs> because we don't do that. I know they used to tell us, you know, it was weakness to reach out for help, but it's not. 
takes five times more strength to reach out and get some help. It does. Because you got to put your pride to the side to do it. Yeah. This. Words of wisdom. Uh, hey, you want to plug your uh, podcast? Um, I run Gutter Main Radio. Uh, myself and my sometimes co-host, Jose Belen. <laughs> we, uh, well, you know, he's got a lot going on. Yeah. But, sure. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, swing over, give us a check out. Check us out. Um, we talk about stupid crap. We just let it run wherever it runs. I know so, you're on Spotify. Yep. I don't know where else, if I'm anywhere else. I know I'm on Spotify. Okay. I don't I don't know if I'm anywhere else. I, that's not my end of the of the deal. So check it out. Uh they got some good advice. Uh these two guys really care. They're very connected. Uh, they got some funny ass stories. Uh, but it's Gunner Main Radio, at least on Spotify. Yep. So, and then uh, if you want to hear some really true, some really, really good stories, uh, I used to have a show on YouTube called uh, Daycare Podcast. And uh, there's some stories on there that will give you goosebumps. Oh, is that, and it's still out there, right? On YouTube. Oh, yeah, it's still up. Daycare Podcast. Just, yep. So you guys check that out. Uh, PFC Nate Hasselu. It's been an honor to talk with you, man. It's been a privilege. Likewise. To sorry. God, that's great. I can't wait man. to get you on the show. Yeah, sure. I mean, I can't match anything that you say, but uh, if you want to laugh at me, you know, I oh, everybody's ten, got a good story. <laughs> I did ten years in the army and ten years in the air force, so I'm I'm ready to be made fun of. But uh, uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Yeah, um, yeah. Just just let me know whenever you want to come on. I'll get you on. And if we have to do it solo, we'll do it together, and that'll be the end of it. So all right, I'm I'm waiting on your call. So. Uh, but thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I appreciate being on. I really do. On behalf of PFC Hasselu, I'd like to thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please leave a like and a comment, share the podcast with someone else. And as always, make sure to download the next episode for more service origin stories. So until next time, I'll catch who? Whoa!